Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial boarding party dismantled the bridge, Eli directed Kotov's efforts, Atticus disabled the ship's guns, Valentine strategized against a possible chaos threat, and Morgan led Cora on a scouting mission deeper into the ship. Will they discover the secrets of an abandoned hospital ship, or the remnants of a chaos cult still at large? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. From the design log of the Mercy for the Pure. Simply put, after a long day of tending to the wounded of the Imperium, the last thing I want is to have to look them all in the eye on my way to my quarters and my Amersec. So yes, spiral, staircase, or get a different head surgeon. Morgan, Cora, and Toby, you are making your way down a small metal spiral staircase installed by a vain douche nozzle uh, into the <laughs> lower floor of uh, the Mercy for the Pure, a massive hospital ship, uh, long, long since abandoned, seemingly, although there is an odd power source somewhere aboard. Um, you are in search of what is sending off uh, the communication pings as uh, the next step in your search for... Uh, Kanehurst's lost ship in search, of course, for the uh, corpse of the uh, psyker Devram Narl, who seemingly had visions similar to Valentine's, something that Valentine is very, very keen to investigate a bit further, seeing as till now that heresy has pretty much lived uh, in his head and his head alone. Uh, aside from that brief little foray into uh, Dear Sweet Departed uh, Alto. Um, yeah. Lyric? Lyric. Uh you know, they just blur together in a weird red smear on the bottom of a ship. Um, so uh, <sighs> you make your way down. Um, Toby's going ahead. Uh, I'm going to want some stealth, I think, from y'all. Again, it's an abandoned ship. So, like, why would I need this? I don't know. But just for fun. For fun. Um, we're going to say difficulty of two it, you, this is for all two, of us tom no no just for oh, okay. morgan uh just for morgan on behalf of team okay, advanced gotcha. party. just for the people stealthily advancing i you're was like not ripping, not y'all 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 morgan y'all yeah like yeah. a targeted y'all <laughs> you're still morgan upstairs chain sorting walls no matter what you roll you fail a stealth check yeah. <laughs> that's so true all right morgal um <laughs> Which just sounds like a fucking King Arthur villain. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Morgan, Cora, and uh, Toby. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you stealth check from you guys? Um, I'm gonna say difficulty two because you didn't bring the rest of the party with you. That's um, nice. Going down a metal spiral staircase, not the stealthiest thing uh, in the world, but you're the right people to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you a boost, uh, two boost, one for Toby and one for Cora. Um, so you really do have. You know, it's, it's like any small team that's built for this. Like, you think about, like, the SEALs or even, honestly, just good hunters where it's like, we're all aware of what we're doing. We're doing it lockstep. We each 
Yep. If there is a problem, one of us can flag it to the other ones in a way that won't cause shenanigans. Yes. Um, darkness doesn't matter because robots. Um, <laughs> loud people are upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, loud yeah. people. <laughs> honestly, I don't really have many other modifiers that I would make a case for. Okay. Uh, I guess, honestly, you can take one more boost for the auspics, I guess. Because um, you usually give those to Valentine's, so I feel like I've got to share those around. Now that yeah, that yep, Toby has a built-in auspex, so he is yeah. bird and machine. Nice. <laughs> um, Hawkspix? I don't know. I don't know. I'll work it. I'll workshop it. <laughs> um, okay. I'm not spending... We're one in... Th- uh, no, we're one in three, so yeah, I am actually going to spend one. Uh, Two and three. Oh, right. We have five. You have five. One for everybody. Interesting. Interesting. Um, honestly, I've had this at four in my notebook this whole time, so that's wild. What a weird ride. Um, okay, so um, yeah, I'm still going to spend one. Why not? Uh, oh, we did two. have four for a couple. Yeah. But oh, we no, had five for others. Weird. We have five now. We have five. <laughs> let's, let's. I want to know what happens so bad. Guys. <laughs> I don't. You gotta wait. Tension. No, this is important. According to Appendix Two Point One of the Revised Genesis Handbook, we now must have a quorum. Um, all right, so uh, that means we'll be uh, three and two in your favor after this roll. So we'll upgrade yeah. one of those difficulty dice. Otherwise, I think that's it. Um, Del, was there anything you want to make an argument for? No, because all of my sneaking gear, I think, A, can't use it amongst other people, and they would just nullify that. So I'm going to say I'm not going to take any of my special sneaky gear stuff on this because I'm babysitting. Uh, But I'm glad you flagged (laughs) that uh, because I am going to give you a setback because you have sneaky gear, but you can't use it, which sucks because you're used to being able... You're just a lone wolf who hunts alone. Would your your stummer work, though, to cut sound from your team working with you? There's just two of you. Yeah, the stummer would work to cut sound, but it would only add one boost because you can still be seen. But even Mm. if you can be seen, it still adds one boost to use that. Okay, so you have one more free boost, but I'm also going to give you a setback because you're not used to working in teams. We're doing it. We're going. We're going into the darkness. I'm going to push a button. Yes. Oh my. Oh baby, this is this is the glory team. <laughs> five five successes, two advantages, Holy one triumph. Shit. Fuck this room. God damn. Man, I shouldn't have even assigned difficulty to this. Good <laughs> god. Um Okay. This is, this is our we own these stairs now. <laughs> The Morgan Rawls (laughs) commemorative staircase. Um, Okay. So, yeah, very, very silently, um, you know, you make your way halfway down. And then I think, like, just literally drop off the sides um, Mm -hmm. uh, to to the ground using the the, uh, stummer as kind of cover, just realizing it's easier to drop into a crouch than it is to walk down these creaky ass metal stairs. Mm -hmm. Um, With the triumph, um, I feel like you get something cool. So. Do you want? Uh, do you want a valuable piece of information about uh, this area, or do you want to be able to bring the rest of the team down to this part of the floor uh, stealthily without them rolling? Uh, 
I would like to know if I can bring them down. Like, I want the information about this room. I'm not making decisions about what's going on. I just want to know what's here. Valentine can figure out the rest of the <laughs> chuckleheads. <Sure>. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> so as you, um, you, you, you both kind of drop down, and I think um, on this floor it is very much like um, those low red running lights, uh, whereas upstairs there's those sort of like calming blue, if we need to put emergency lights on but still keep everyone relatively chill, Whereas down here is much more the, mm. like, no, we just need as much light as possible from as little source. So it is uh, a lot of, like, harsh shadows, um, you know, red running lights. Um, the uh, captain's quarters and the doctor's quarters, um, I think, like, we'll just say that between you and Toby, you're kind of getting all of this at a glance mm-hmm. uh, from your, your sweet, sweet triumph cash-in. Hmm. Um, so... The doors to both of those quarters have been like booted in violently off the hinges, and you can see that the rooms have been tossed. Down here is much uh, worse than than up top. Um, there is clear signs of conflict. Um, you can see like um, uh, bolter craters in walls. You can see slash marks. Um, there's dried blood. Um, and uh, very clearly, like whatever tore through the ship, very clearly tore through uh, through this area. The two staff um, bunk areas, you can kind of, kind of see into them. Um, and oddly, um, they are a different, a much different story. There's still all the signs of damage on kind of the doors and door frames. Mm-hmm. Um, but in your quick glance uh, inside, you can actually see um, there are deactivated work lights um, that have been hung kind of in that classic, like when you're doing like an excavation or something or or like you're in a basement where it's like there's hooks in the ceiling, work lights are hung with like essentially extension cables down. um, And the rooms are, uh, the staff bunks um, have been ripped out uh, and replaced with uh, what almost looks like how you would load a pistol clips worth of um, cylindrical pods. So they're just like stacked up um, in both rooms, um, sort of haphazardly. Um, and uh, again, there's no light in either room, um, but they definitely look like they have been uh, disturbed more recently than the uh, captain's quarters or the surgeon's quarters. So that's the information you get from the space. Okay, and the, those pods, do they look like people-sized or smaller than that? Uh, yes, they are like big, like uh, you can think of them almost as like a tanning bed-sized um, mm-hmm. cylinder. All right, well, I've, and we don't see any other movement or anything else that we can, signs of life down here. Um, no, up ahead, uh, so the engine room lays beyond this, but it's not like it's just one massive open thing um there's uh sort of one of those massive um doorways like that can be sealed if there was say an engine fire or explosion or anything else so kind of like big blast doors that are closed um Mm -hmm. as well as two smaller sort of humanoid sized doors on either side so very much a if you need to come and go like in an ideal situation those blast doors are open and those small doors are open. But if we need to close the blast doors and come and go without like cranking open the big fucking thing every time, um, there is a, a smaller way in and out. Okay. 
All right. I think she would. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I got one more thing for you. Oh, okay. Um, any, uh, which just comes from the triumph. Otherwise it would have been a detail. <laughs> I don't think any of you would have got, um, as you go to look back up the, the, the metal, uh, stairwell, um, uh, your eye kind of catches on, um, on a, a glimmer. Um, and, uh, you can see that amidst the, uh, the sort of like chaos and havoc, uh, of the captain's quarters, um, there does seem to be slightly more recent blood. Not like it was spilt today, but not crusted to a powder like what Cora found. She mm-hmm. indicates that and is like, that's different than what I saw. Um, <laughs> so there you go. There's your there's your triumph. Um, but she just kind of whispers it in your ear because it's the kind of thing she would notice too. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I interrupted. No, I not at all. No, I think she that. would be hunkered down with Cora. So she can see the rest of the room and see those double doors and she would keep her eyes on that and stay hunkered down and send Toby back up and over the the ear beads. What are they called? (laughs) They're box beads usually is what they go with. So over the box beads, she would call back to Valentine and there is no movement or any people down here, but it looks like more recent things have tread here. There are pods, further doors. Still no sign of combatants, but we should be careful. Excellent. Before we come down, would you like to advance one room forward so we could perhaps leapfrog it rather than having you clear a room, fill it full of loud things, and then try to advance again, which feels like it would be, let's just say, disadvantageous for your stealth and survival. (laughs) Yes, this makes sense. You're right. All right. I will move forward with Cora. And then Toby comes back down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go uh, again with the stealth. Always with the stealth. Always um, with the stealth <laughs> So uh, this time um, we're going to set the difficulty to three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a harder advanced because you have to open some creaky fucking doors yes for sure. um you had a bunch of advantage on your previous role yeah yes i had two two great uh so we'll take a boost forward for that um i'm also going to give you a boost for having a, a controlled space um because you guys pretty much own this room right now as far as you know Mm-hmm. Um, which makes stealthing a little <laughs> bit easier. As you know. I know. That I'm living here. This is where I believe it. God damn it, Tom. Those pods upset me. This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lickspittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty We can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones, and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless 
somehow people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice with enough support perhaps they could stop us but that will never happen <laughs> now here's an interesting question would the stummer affect a creaky door or is it just footsteps? Is it like a field it's, around? It's you? a field of sound dampening. Yes. Okay. Then so I would actually argue be. that that does affect the the door. So the difficulty is still the difficulty, but I won't yep. give you a disadvantage for that. Okay. Um, you get your boost for Cora. I don't think you get a boost for Toby in this situation because he can't actually get it's more ahead. about the door situation. He's just yeah. where you are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that we're was sit, we're how many boosts? You said three because one for Cora, one for the stummer. One for our ownage of this room, supposedly. Sure. Um, okay. Yes, that's that's currently what we're we're sitting at. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be not afraid, Laura. <laughs> I go Always into the afraid. dark before you. I go first. <laughs> um, okay, and that was three difficulty. Do you want to add anything else? No, I'm going to sit at that and give us a three and two on the. Uh, the story point pool in your favor, surprisingly. Okay. Well, I'm going to just tread on forward. Cora's done good for me so far. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Five successes, okay. four advantages, one triumph. Cheap <laughs> sneaky, me, Cora. It's the good laugh, not the we're so fucked laugh. I, good, I, good. Yeah. They are the that same reaction. Yeah, Dell, your reactions to success and tremendous <laughs> failure are literally identical. It is impossible I know, to tell. I know. From the it's outside. just a. It's the just laugh a... of despair is yeah, yeah. strong uh, so with you. <laughs> for those of you listening at home, you may not be aware, but uh, we have exactly one set of Genesis dice that we bought before they stopped selling them. Uh, that lives at my house. So everyone else is using a, a dice rolling website, which is honestly great for just like calculating the results. If you're playing Genesis, cannot recommend this highly enough. <laughs> yep. um, apparently, Dell is using like. OnlyTriumphs.net, which is like, maybe we should all shift over, because holy shit. I Uh, mean, it makes up for the shit rolls, like, you're back on (laughs) Marty's song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a feast of fame. I've got my two yellow dice, and they're, it's honestly, if we're being real, this is 100% Toby's doing. Because if I roll by myself, I do shit. Toby rolls, he's amazing. I don't know. Toby is magic. Just a power gamer stacked his stats. Um, Yeah. Cool. So, um, fucking sure. Uh, Morgan improbably like spins a creaky ass wheel on a creaky ass giant metal, you know, deep in the body of a ship door. Um, and again, this is a very like vertically large room. Like you're entering like a, a big, big, big space. Um, you open the small door. Um, you peek through. Um, and immediately, um, like as the door opens, it hisses a little bit, not mm. so much that, you know, you're sucked forward or anything, but, um, you know, your ears kind of, uh, pop a little bit and you can feel a bit of a pressure change. Uh, the, the there's still pressure and atmosphere in this, uh, in the engine room space, but it, there's not as much, um, which is, uh, pretty obvious uh, as to why when you look inside, uh, because the supply wing, um, like the big supply warehouse is that should be off of the east side is just fucking gone. Um, 
In its stead, uh, there is a large, complicated patchwork of, um, you can see stretchers and bunks, as well as like large plates of metal and other things uh, that have been uh, crudely welded into a patchwork <laughs> seal. Um, There's clearly not fully sealed, but is is doing enough. Um, it uh, it honestly looks kind of orky from here in terms of just how slapdash and kind mm. of like rough shot it is. It's really a what shit can fit where kind of well job, which makes sense because it is a like uh, you're in a basically like a, a, a hangar sized space, um, which. Uh, is appropriate because dead center in this hangar size space uh, where the sort of massive generator is, is built into uh, the ceiling uh, is a ship. Um, it has, uh, it's basically like the, the uh, torso or fuselage of a ship um, has uh, with, you know, a lot of the extra bits, like basically if you imagine like serenity or the razor crest from um uh, Mandalorian, but if you like shredded everything that was on the sides off of it, mm. um, and uh, it is plugged into um, the generator systems with big, he- heavy, thick cables. Um, it's got almost a bit of a um, like it's it's not hanging, but it, it almost looks like it could. There's just like wires and everything. It's very um, like all the tech in, in in like the real world of the Matrix, where everything is just like cables and bad angles. Um, and uh, they're plugged into uh, all manner of this ship, which is like not parked so much as like skidded and kind of awkwardly wedged uh, into the space. Beyond it, um, you can see the uh, the the sort of twinned door um, wall situation to the ones you just came through. So there's mm-hmm. another big double set of doors at the far end. Um, the drugs and such depot is still attached, um, but uh, supplies. Uh, oh man, I put drugs and such and I didn't put supplies and things. Fucking rookie error, McGee. There we go. I updated my map appropriately. Um, the ship uh, is um, obviously kind of the, the most uh, visually alarming thing, uh, particularly because you recognize it as Kanehurst's ship. <gasps> oh shit. Oh man. Well, Morgan would instantly hunker down again and radio back to Valentine, which might be, I don't know how far that even reaches or if she'd have to send the bird back to even. Well, I think you him. mentioned sending Toby back. So I kind of imagine Toby is operating as like the, the, the midpoint. Beacon. Yeah. Yeah. So she would have to send Toby a little bit back through and then patch into Valentine and we found the room with the generator, but it is a ship here instead. A ship I recognize. It looks beat up, but it seems that Kanehurst's ship is plugged in and is generating some power for this dead station. Interesting and excellent. Are you seeing any enemy forces or other life signals present? Is there anything we can make out? I'm... Uh, in the room besides the ship that's being there? Uh, you're getting a lot of electrical interference, largely because of the fact that this is the equivalent of a stripped cable. Um, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's just, you know, if you were to look at a handheld Auspex, it'd be doing, like, the crackly yep. static screen bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, there isn't 
the, like you don't see anyone in here. There is movement though from occasional like cascades of sparks blasting right. off the side of this thing. Um, there are uh, like lights mm-hmm. on on the ship. Um, like there, there's the sort of the, the exterior running lights are are on, and you can see kind of d- a dim glow coming off the viewports and, and that sort of thing. Um, and this, uh, to be clear, the ship is uh, fairly size equivalent to uh, the Marnie's song, mm-hmm. um, just like not as nice because it's not owned. You know, it wasn't owned by an incredibly rich aristocrat. <laughs> um, so it's big. Um, it's a big, big ship to be kind of wedged in there, but, um, yeah, so there is movement. It's frustrating because it's visually distracting, but you're not like seeing cultists walking around. Yeah. I don't have any visual confirmation on any combatants or anything of interest, but there is so much electrical interference. I cannot tell what is on this ship or use any instruments. Maintain observation. Hold your position and we'll be there soon. Yes, Inquisitor. And then Toby's like, pew, comes back. (laughs) And she'll just (laughs) squat down with Korra. All right. Continue what you're doing. And Korra just like nods and, you know, is very much in covering your back mode. I think like, you know, pulls the door shut and just Mm -hmm. kind of like is there with a gun in case anything comes through but there's no real sense in leaving that door open to the massive space yes so, so are you guys in the massive space still watching or you're i just want to make sure my brain has got it i was thinking that it would they would be like right inside the doorway oh okay so right. i think well, then she they, they want to the keep visuals on it and they're just hunkered down yeah so sorry you're you're hunkered down on the staff quarters side or in the engine room side I think that they're in the engine room side, but pr- probably right up against that wall so they can double back quickly, but sure. want to stay in there. Admittedly, room. there's also like a bunch of stuff you could take cover behind. In That's here. what like I'm thinking. It's, yeah, it's of some a big, big metal, whatever. Room, so, yeah. <laughs> right. So, in that cover. case, Cora will like... still. Yeah, exactly. Chest high walls for all. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Cora will still like creak the door shut mm-hmm. a crack. Like, she'll leave it open, but she's not going to leave it like, you know, yes. wide open to the space. And then. Yeah, if you're on sniper, then she's just mm-hmm. you know beside you with with a, a sidearm ready to just shoot anything that gets totally. And we're just gonna to we're watching it like like a Toby Hawk. God, <laughs> yeah, just gotta gotta have that 900 vision, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Okay, great. So the rest of you um, make your way down into the uh, the staff um, quarters section. I'm not going to make you roll because um, uh, Morgan and uh, Cora already um, sort of scouted the area. Yeah. Um, I know you're being super cautious, so it's not to say that this is an entirely safe space. It is to say that you, having heard everything you've heard, would move down as quietly as possible. And given what you've what they reported back, that seems reasonable too at the time. Uh, Valentine, Eli, and Atticus, is there anything you want to do or prepare to do before you come down, or are you just kind of making your way down? Atticus would just be coming straight down once he gets the order that we're moving down. He'd want to be shielded up and ready to ready to greet what's uh, what's down there. Yeah, Valentine would be following with Kotov in the middle, and then we'd have Eli in the back is another yeah. heavy to kind of come through. Down yeah. we go. 
It appears our quarry is at hand, but don't let your excitement get the best of you. Things can still go, I'm not going to say badly, I'm going to say interestingly and in the Emperor's interests. Right, right. Move out. Um, Atticus, how much how much are you buying this uh, kind of like the upbeat with everything you've seen recently, how much are you still buying the like hooray, this is the Emperor's Will and it's great and happy, or how much of it is just like I follow Valentine? Uh, a lot of it is I follow Valentine, which <laughs> also means um, if this is Valentine's philosophy towards handling this kind of stuff, you know, it's it's got to be effective. Um, that doesn't mean Atticus can just automatically adopt it as a philosophy, like, without stumbling along the way. But in terms of inquis- inquisitors to look up to, he's got Valentine, so... <laughs> He's he's taken care of him and and you know we've talked about it a bunch of times at this point, but Atticus respects someone who's good at their job and 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 is reliable in the in the trench beside you. So he's gotta rely on Valentine for these kinds of things that he knows nothing about. Hmm. Cool. Um so the three of you make your way down um, into the space. You see exactly what uh, Morgan described. Uh, you can see the door open a crack uh, up ahead. Again, big, big, big space. Um, is there anything you would want to investigate in this room? 100%. Valentine would want Kotov to look at those pods because if they are lined with explosives or some kind of trap, he refuses to lose today's fucking evidence to some kind of bullshit chaos setup. <laughs> Yeah, and Eli would want to be close by with his chain axe, ready to destroy whatever or whoever. I think Atticus would want to move up to those engine room doors to get up to where Morgan is and provide protection to our softer um, targets. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Okay, so... Let's start with examining the pods. Um, this is Valentine, your order, so we're going to use your stats. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a, again, we're using your stats and Gideon's stats together. So um, I'm going to call this a tech use. What's your intellect? Uh, my intellect is two. Would this be forbidden lore? Or would this be tech use? It would depend on what the pods actually are. It's going to be tech use. Cool. Um, so I have two green. You got two green. Um, and Kotov has five, so that'll be two yellow, three green. Okay. Um, you get a boost for um, Eli essentially yeah. helping. Um, you know, covering is that the back. carried over boost? Oh no, it isn't. Uh, so you get an additional one. Um, mm-hmm. But no, they, th- this boost is literally just from like it's easier to do tense work when you don't have to watch your back. Yep, that um, makes sense. Or your front, for that matter. It's, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing about a chain axe. You know, you can swing it out of the direction. It's good. Um, <laughs> so you've got that. Um, you get one for Kotov's gear. Okay. 
And I think that's probably it, unless you want to make a case for anything else. I mean, I'll, I don't want to make a case for it, but what's my difficulty? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you get that too. Um, it is a difficulty of two. Two, okay. Well, then let's see what happens. Five successes, two advantage. Okay, great. Uh, so we'll pass one free boost along to the next next roll. It's not assigned to anyone. It's just a, a free boost. Um, so um, Kotov uh, kind of like goes in and examines them. And um, a, a look of kind of like surprise crosses his, his face, um, which is like weird thing to see because there's just not that much face left. So, you know, what, what face there is uh, kind of takes a, a look of surprise. His goggles, unfortunately, do not spring out because that, like, it would have been a perfect moment, <laughs> but life just ain't like that, you know? Um, and uh, he um, he says, uh, Inquisitor, in, in you, uh, you were wondering if these are uh, chaos tech, right? Yeah, something corrupt or perhaps explosive. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're not uh, explosive unless they were you know, powered up and pressurized and a, a bunch of things went wrong, but they're not powered up and they're not pressurized. So I don't think we need to worry about that, at least not anymore. Um, but no, these aren't, uh, these aren't explosive. And he reaches forward and he grabs, grabs one with his like extra arms and just kind of like edges it up a little bit. Like he doesn't like drag it off because that would make a tremendous amount of noise. Um, but he edges it up and then kind of turns it over. Um, and you can see a, a glass panel along the side um, with kind of a, uh, a loose bedding inside it. And he's like, these are, uh, I mean, these are, these are pretty cheap uh, cryopods. Uh, these are for, you know, um, you know, I use a version of these on my tomb ships, but a much, uh, much better one, uh, frankly, than this, this is, this is off the shelf nonsense. You know, you, you can buy these things in bulk, but uh, no, these are, these are for, uh, I mean, they look like, what you could store patients in if, if you need to get them to a better medical facility than this old Rick, but um, they're too new. Interesting. So we could perhaps use these for, shall we say, our ongoing experiments. Oh, 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 oh yes. Abs- I mean, we'd be slumming it, but yeah, you could. Excellent. The emperor provides on an ongoing basis for this mission and everything else. Now we just have to be sure to collect the information we need and survive, and then we will lay claim to these. Yeah. Um, other thing uh, for you. <laughs> um, so you can see that these are all wired together, and it literally, like, you know, at the top of, like, a bundle of dynamite where there's just, like, a bunch of leads that have been tied. Mm-hmm. It's almost that kind of cabling. So he's like, all of these um, are rigged into, and, like, he shows it. There's nothing, like, you know, spectacularly strange about this it's just they've been like similar to a lot of things you've seen wired into the floor somewhere and seemingly drawing power off the same thing like these aren't powered up but they were at some point um and it looks like someone uh jury rigged them uh this is i I gotta tell you uh, i mean as a professional this this whole situation is 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 a mess this is this is uh, they're just stacked on top of each other you can't see what's inside like it this is a mess uh but uh yeah, whoever brought these things here had them had them powered up at some point because uh, otherwise you wouldn't need all the cables. You could just bring them in. How many pods are here, Tom? Um, like a lot, a metric fuck lot, if you will. Um, oh. But it is uh, 
it is like as I said, it's like an ammunition, like an ammunition clip style thing. Like these are or like logs. It's like stacked like yeah, logs. There's stacks, uh, stacks, I'd stacks. say ah. let's say about four four tall. Um, but it's a big it's a big room. Like this is where the bunks for all of the staff on the ship used to be. Yep, he would just activate his vox and say the potential number of threats on the ship. I can inform you are uh, one might say. Um, Emperor blessedly high, you know, so he may have sent a small army against us and they could have been woken up rather recently. So we'll find out. But keep an eye out for bogeys. We'll be with you in a moment and then we'll all advance together. And Kotan, and, you rolled really high, Ryan, right? Uh, five successes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. And I'll, and I'll throw in my bit. Just uh, Atticus trying to adopt this. Everything that's bad is actually good. Uh, <laughs> and a blessing from the emperor. Uh, Atticus just says, uh, uh, Good. Right. What wonderful. I like that. <laughs> you Eli pro- gives him like a sidelong what the fuck glance, but Atticus, you are progressing so wonderfully. I just have to say I'm tremendously proud of you. Oh good, I do like that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We'll accept victory where we can and uh continue forward. So Let's advance, honestly, at this point. I'm excited to see what we uncover. Kotov runs a, like, an organic finger along the inside of, like, he kind of, like, cracks one of these pods and runs a finger along the inside. It does that, like, finger rubbing thing, and he says, um, uh, yeah, boss, uh, these, these haven't been on recently. For what that's worth. So hopefully whatever was in him is uh, long dead. The emperor blesses us with good news, everyone. Hopefully most of the army is dead. Uh, But let's continue forwards because chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Atticus is at that door. He's ready to go. Ready to move forward. Valentine had lined up on it. Kotov's there in the weird combination of secret service. If I have to shoot this guy, I will shoot him where you protect and murder threat at all times. Uh, Eli's got his uh, chain axe uh, ready in, in like one hand, his combat shotgun another, ready to like stow one away and keep the <laughs> other that he needs, like make a quick decision. Um, Eli, Ugh. would you be up where, where, where are you in the combat action? Because I feel like there's an interesting thing happening here, which is like Atticus and Valentine work together a lot. So they kind yeah. of have the same shorthand that you and Morgan have, but also you do breaching actions. Where 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 do you imagine you are? Are you kind of like bringing up the rear? Are you covering the rest of the scene? Are you up front? Where, where uh, do you think with, Eli's landing? Uh, having her like obviously heard everything that was said regarding the pods and knowing that Cora and Morgan all are already up front. Eli would take a rear position. Okay, great. Um, alrighty. So, uh, Morgan, uh, you, Cora, and Toby are in the engine room. Everyone mm-hmm. is backed up behind you. Um, I guess Valentine, you're technically in charge of this situation. Uh, what do what does the party do? He would throw to Morgan and just say, we're ready to enter, if you believe that would be wise. At this point, we'll have to move very quickly once this starts. All right, Inquisitor, as you say. And I guess a question, knowing the ship, 
would Morgan know a way to get onto this ship that is not just like, I'm going on the door or something, <laughs> you know? Is there, is there a, a sneaky way for me to get onto hmm. this ship? You know, normally I would say no. But you did spend a full arc in the vents of a ship. And you did describe <laughs> your first action upon being on board a ship to just like, you know, like rat tunnel your way around mm -hmm. it and figure out the innards. <laughs> um, I feel like this ship has graffiti that Morgan has left in, <laughs> oh, in the secret bowels of it. In yeah. Places. And like I was going to, I was, I had a brief moment of like, yeah, but if it's in space the whole time, but it isn't. It was docked on Last Gleaming a bunch. So yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's very safe to say, you know, way in. I don't know if you can bring everyone with you. No, but like, and, you, and I think could get in. I think she would turn to Cora and say, wait here and be good backup. And then <laughs> pull her hood over and go like, do the chame <laughs> chameleon line disappear and then go up to this ship and try to sneaky, sneaky stealth into the sneakiest way in all right look i'm not <laughs> saying for all the marbles but for perhaps a significant amount of marbles uh let's roll our rule of three stealth check all right. oh, finish man. out this bit i'm scared and see what happens so um i'm gonna say this one is a difficulty of four you have to cross a fairly large space mm -hmm. to get to the ship um and then you have to get up <laughs> up it and then into it but it's just an empty space. <laughs> it's just an empty space. No. It's just an <laughs> empty space. There's Don't monsters in this empty space. All good. I um, know, like, listeners can't see me, but I'm, like, really <laughs> starting to lose my shit and getting really stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am squirming. Full body cringing, yeah. 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 Um, so, difficulty of four... Um, I'm going to give you a point of disadvantage for your chameleon line cloak only because the lighting keeps shifting around you when okay. sparks blast off of That's various fair. things. Like a set, which, a setback? Setback, yeah, yeah. Sorry. D&D brain. D&D. <laughs> Roll a wisdom save. Yes. We'll save. I don't even remember anymore. It's one of those fuckers. You accidentally got it right now. <laughs> only on this show. i got to get yeah. a volume. Um, so you... Yeah, so disadvantage for that only because it takes a second for your your camouflage to adjust to that. Like right. the, this kind of octoline camo isn't great for like bright flashes at random yes. intervals. Um, you get a bonus for Toby. Yep. You get whatever your stock standard bonuses for your your magical like <laughs> Sam Fisher. Yeah, all of my solid snake snakes. Octocam yeah. shit is. Yep. Okay, I took those. Uh, you get one for Cora because again you've got someone covering you. Um, Core is so useful. And I'm going to give you a, a further boost for knowing exactly where you're going. Okay. Because basically, if you're doing like a stealth like sprint to a place, it's different mm -hmm. if you get there and then you have to figure out where to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Here, it's literally like, I'm going to run straight across there. I'm going to climb up this thing. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's the, the loose vent, I assume, um, you know, that you've got the code to that you, you can get in through. Yeah. Mm. Um, I am going to spend a story point, okay. bringing us to two and three. Um, I'm also, I think, going to just drop us back down to four. It's just easier for my brain. So we're at two and two, cool. um, thus ending the saga, the, the Norse saga of uh, how many fucking dice we have. Um, Del, was there anything else I should be aware of that you should have? 
I just took yeah, I just took all my sneaking gear stuff. Oh, uh, so. you get one more from the amount of advantage we got off of oh Kotov. God. That's just okay. a free boost moving forward. Yeah, I'm marking that one. Oh, out. that free boost. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a lot of boost. <laughs> so we're just we're going in. Let's see what happens. All right, you ready? Ready for me to roll? Mm-hmm. Five successes, five advantages. This has been the five success Holy episode. Shit. It's just the sneaky stuff. <laughs> and I'm Brought thankful to you by for the it. number five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Gotta say, see oh, yeah, it's, it's all stealth shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, um, Del, describe what this uh, what this process of getting over there looks like. <laughs> Obviously, you're successful in reaching uh, reaching the entry point. Mm -hmm. um, so just like paint us a picture of what this this visually mm -hmm. is. Yeah, I think visually it's probably not very exciting <laughs> on the outside, you know, because it's probably just like a, a few taps of feet and then it's completely silent as she moves away. And then you probably see just the sparks reacting off of looks like a jittery digital noise. Hmm. But what she would be doing is probably jumping uh onto the ship where there's like handholds and going mm -hmm. all the way up to the top to where she knows that there's a, a, a hatch opening rather than going to the door yes. and then dropping in. So it would be just, duh, duh, duh. you see part of the hatch open on the top of it and that's all you get from vantage point. <laughs> yeah, and I think this is probably like a, um, I don't know, like a sensor or like a vent hatch right. that just like has to open during like only during re-entry and like going into into orbit mm -hmm. and so it's just the kind of thing where it opens you know how to open it and then there's a way around the like actual heat vent where you can basically drop into a, a like a, a between space um mm -hmm. and uncomfortably mm -hmm. kind of like modern times your way through some gears and shit <laughs> until you can get into the proper kind of guts of, mm -hmm. of the ship mm -hmm. Yeah, probably um, like lots of grates that she's just pressed down against and and moves through that way. But this is this is like the back of her. She spent so many years just <laughs> screwing around on this ship because she didn't get taken on a lot of missions. But man, she's spied on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's uh, it's a little yeah. Like there's a weird nostalgia for you that that mm -hmm. seems to only exist when you're you're between the walls of a ship like this. Yes. Um, so you you slip in, in into the side, drop down into it, and um, sure enough, like the the generate like the, the the engine is powering um, the the minimal systems uh, outside, but that also means that a bunch of systems in here are on. So mm -hmm. you're getting kind of flickering light because a lot of power is being kind of drained out of this. Um, so it really is like a a half lit version of of the ship. Now you've mm -hmm. been through the ship in darkness and in light, so this isn't particularly disturbing uh, to you, but um, it is visually very upsetting and stressful. But I'm sure fine. Um, so uh, you find yourself uh, within uh, the dream of flight, uh, Kanehurst's uh, personal ship. Um, again, not as not as fancy as. Um, uh, Billingbergs, but in a lot of ways that kind of makes this easier because people weren't over designing it. It means there's mm -hmm. a lot more like if this fits, we'll just bolt it in here. Okay, we're done. Um, so visually we can think of if Billingbergs is like the Apple store, like you know, minority report, Star Trek, everything is very slick. 
Um, this feels a lot more uh, like what a small Warhammer vessel kind of would. It's a lot more exposed girders and beams. And um, he's put in touches of the wood paneling uh, that you remember uh, hmm. from the, uh, uh, the, the claw and wing. Um, but it's here it is very much more like if that's a full on pub, this is like I wanted to dress my office up a little bit. So there's that, you know, the um, the carpeting is like that weird billiard green <laughs> material. It's just that sort of thing. There's just a little hints of that. There's like wrought iron lanterns and shit that are like um, electrical, but are there for show. Little, 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 little steampunky vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. going on uh, in here and uh, yeah it's 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 a homecoming of a sort um, and not a great one for you because uh, you never loved this this ship but you you certainly know it mm-hmm. um, so you're in the walls of the dream of flight what do you do kind of looking around for any bogeys any people but trying to slowly make her way back to the main door to open it mm-hmm. from the inside for everybody else. Sure. Um, so you're not uh, picking up any life signs mm-hmm. uh, within the ship. Um, you do see again that somewhat more fresh blood, um, just kind of in in small amounts, uh, but the occasional little spray here and there uh, on the walls. Um, but it is eerily silent aside from the the sort of constant thrum of of energy being being drawn uh from the ship um that said uh the auspix uh does start to kind of like crackle through your your uh connection to to Toby as you, mm-hmm. you reach the um the sort of like door um and uh, you actually find that the door is down uh so like the hatch door at the back is with the ramp uh is down but the servos are broken um so it looks like it was forced uh and as the auspix sort of crackles to life um with proximity you can hear very very clearly coming from this ship the repeating ping of help me help me help me help me help me which is interrupted by a heavy metallic creak as beyond the north wall, the massive doors begin to open, and you hear a sickening click of claws. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. So this is the end of the world. Pretty weird, right? I'm Hannah. I'm sure you've probably noticed by now, I'm a zombie. I didn't even be the last one. From the creator of Redmond Born and Cybernautica. I can't exactly control most of the things zombie me does. I'm basically what amounts to a backseat driver in my own body. You learn to kind of just go with it after a while, I think. Like, do I feel bad for eating a family of four when I was new? You bet. Not exactly my favorite memory. <laughs> Hannah is living her best unlife while unknowingly being on a crash course with Callie, an explorer desperately seeking to leave her mark on an American wasteland that seems to be all out of new discoveries. One might say that it's the comics that got me into this, but between you and me, I'm gonna blame the McSodas. No sense in ruining everything I like in one day. Together, this unlikely pair team up against the dangers of (sighs) post-apocalyptia. This thing is not playing around at all. Shit, incoming! Sometimes I miss the old days. Killing zombies for upstart communities, now that was a lot more simple. A lot more ethical, too. Wouldn't you say so? Don't you think it's a little more ethical to kill a zombie than just some stranger on the road? Panapocalypse. A story about love, death, and robots. Just not the next guy.